This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast, coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton, and I'm here today with Pastor Brandon Starnes. We want to welcome you back to another episode as we look at the mind of an individual. And also, we want to remind you to check us out at svbcpa.org forward slash rwmin. You'll find our Facebook page there. You can share us with others, message us, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from some of you. Uh, like for the quickest updates that are put out there and check out the different memes, verses, and quotes that are there. Also, remember to check out the blog. It's at svbcpa.org forward slash rwblog. And then the podcast as well for the direct links to the different major podcast platforms, svbcpa.org forward slash rwpod. And welcome back as our last episode was really uh, looking at what's wrong with your mind, what's wrong with my mind. But in this episode, we look forward to looking at how we can, what we can do about our mind. Yeah, really the theme of having a renewed mind. Just a little plug for the podcast, uh, a little extra plug for the for the um, online blog, if you will, um, over at uh, org forward slash rwblog. We had a posting maybe about two months back, maybe three months back, on uh, the, what, what at least we'll touch on several of the things we're going to talk about uh, today. So it would be a great opportunity kind of for reinforcement if you want to circle back to that and read that. I, I guess it was maybe around July or August in which that um, uh, that um, blog went forward. So I'd encourage you, encourage our listeners to visit that as they have opportunity. And of course, as we said a moment ago, our title for this fourth episode of season three is dealing with a renewed mind and really the extent of what is a renewed mind and how does a believer obtain it? Um, these are tremendous, tremendous tools that God has given us to overcome and to allow by his power and working a uh, repair of a broken mind that we have. Uh, that was, of course, the theme last week that we all have broken minds. And, of course, the great uh, encouragement is, though you were born with a broken mind, like everyone to Adam's race, it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah. This is just the natural state of humanity. Um, we, rather, as believers, are at peace with God. Before before salvation, we were referred to without strength. We were referred to as ungodly. These are Romans chapter 5, verse 7. We are referred to as sinners. In uh, God committed his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then in verse number 10, we were the enemies of God. None of that sounds like there was a harmonious place betwixt us and God. No wonder the truths of Isaiah chapter 55, where he says, our thoughts are not his thoughts, our ways are not his ways. Isaiah 53, we have all turned aside. Psalm 14, there is none that is righteous. No, not one. No, not one. Reiterated in Romans 3 as well. And so this is part of that brokenness. We were the enemies of God, and we didn't have peace. I had a quote the other week that came upon us, and I think it fits in well here. It went, instead of being excited and at peace with God, man is emotionally estranged from God and angry at him. Instead of normally wanting to do what is right, our normal tendency is to do that which is opposed to God. And that's a marvelous consideration because it is the very definition of having a mind that is broken. 
in need of a great repair. And, you know, there's a number of ways. Obviously, we mentioned the Adamic sin nature, that which we inherited, our disposition to be anti-God, that exists even at birth. Yet beyond that, there's other ways to look at in which our mind is further contaminated. Yeah. I think one of those things, and you often meet someone that's bitter or has anger towards others or things, is experiences of life. You know, just didn't, whether it just didn't pan out the way that we wanted it to, or we feel victimized by the circumstances that happened to us. You know, I had a tough life, had a rough upbringing, a bad back, you know, different things that people talk about. You know, dealing with expectations is a very challenging thing. I I was in the store with one of my children the other day, and um, this individual kind of crossed in front of us, and I have a tendency to smile, or at least try to have that tendency to smile, and and they just had this very defeated, angry look. Now, they may have been perfectly happy. They may have been upset that the retailer had relocated items, as they are wont to do from time to time, and that's enough to to, uh, even make Job lose his patience. And that might have been all it was, but the comment my child said to me, said, well, you know, why is it that, you know, folks are that way? Well, part of it is the experiences of life are challenging. Sometimes it's it's evil that is forced upon us. It's an evil that someone did to us. I didn't go soliciting for it. I didn't I didn't try to do this. It wasn't an error that I made. It's it's rather something that occurred to me. And the scripture has many indications in which an evil was done to someone. I think the abuse that David suffered at the hand of King Saul. Yeah. David did nothing. Um, as a psalmist would write, they were my enemies without a cause. Yeah. Contrary-wise, though, there was bitterness that David would have in his life because of his expectations when he chose foolish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 51, against thee and thee only have I sinned. So sometimes there is further contamination where you really see the utter workings of a broken mind when it really results from the experience of life, either those things forced upon us, right? those things we didn't choose, yeah. sometimes those things we did choose, did but choose we in life. can't choose the outcome, though. Yes, that's right. And... That's experiences of life, and it really manifests itself in, an, in, a, in a very difficult way as it relates to our mind and inner man. Yeah. I think another one is, you know, as somewhat related to our experiences, but also our personalities, we begin to develop from a young age uh, preferences in life. Yeah. Things we like. Dislike. And dislike. Pet peeves. Yep. And and that, of course, when, as you meant, you know, pet peeves is whenever you have these preferences of life and then someone kind of steps across your line in the sand, yeah. well, that, that's not going to stand. Yeah. And all of a sudden, beginning more and more to manifest that broken mindset. Yeah. And assimilated or associated with preferences is opinions. Yeah. Um, sometimes this is because of the education that we have pursued in life. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against education. I'm just the more we know, yeah. the more we have to respond to. Sure. Um, there is in this society we live wonderful access to some great educational tools. Equally, uh, there is the danger of having an education, which is an education from the principles and truths of the Word of God. Yeah. Second Timothy called it ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, he talks about the wisdom of God, but that the world by wisdom knew not God, that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so sometimes there's just the opinions we have in life. 
Um, I I like to remind myself that I can give you an opinion on any day. Sure. About almost anything. Oh, about almost, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes that's the venting of my frustrations in life. Sure. Uh, as any individual might have. Yeah. And so these are ways in which the mind becomes further contaminated. It's breached. It's already broken, and these things can make it worse. Frustrated. And then as you alluded to, I'd like to circle back to this, is sometimes we just develop injuries. Yeah. And I, I'm not talking about concussions or trauma in that sense, uh, but I'm dealing with deep things. For instance, wounds that occurred. Yeah. Uh, when promises are broken, um, when things evil are said about you, uh, when hurt comes from the most unexpected places, bitterness. Yeah. yeah I think of Ruth in uh, chapter 1, Naomi and Elimelech and their sons, uh, Melion, Chilion, they, they leave Moab. and I'm sorry, they leave Bethlehem to go to Moab because yeah. there's famine. They didn't do anything to cause the famine in the land. We're not told that that was the reason. But here they go to this place because they had heard the presence of bread and she returns later being a widow, having lost both her sons. And she says, call me not Ruth, but call me Mara. Yeah, bitter. Yes, the Lord has dealt with me bitterly. I think there are many, many even believers that have just a level of malcontent, a level of bitterness in their life. I, and that's a terrible way in which one lives. But sometimes that bitterness is a direct result of an inability or refusal to forgive for the wrong that has been committed against you. And when that happens, it really showcases how broken our minds are. Yeah. Uh, of course, there are many other ways in which uh, the mind is showcased. But the natural man as a whole, the Scripture says, receiveth not the things of God. Yeah. Uh, they're foreign towards him. Yeah. And when these things happen, they come about our lives to frustrate us. You know, we end up expressing ourselves and what's in the mind. And it's interesting. Out. Isn't it? We, we express ourselves in a broken way towards other broken minds. Yeah. And then often, if we're not careful, they can respond in a yeah. broken way back to us. F- and further accelerates all that. Yes. The fact is uh, there's many things in life that we can't change. And then there's many things in life that we're not even worried about changing. Yeah. But nonetheless, this brings an interesting thought, and that is how does the natural man cope or deal what, what is the natural man's expression to experiences of life, either that were chosen or forced upon them, right. or preferences or opinions, et cetera, or injuries they have received? How do they respond? Discontentment, complaining. Oh, yeah. Murmuring. That's, that's a huge one. Um, you know, murmuring and contentment in particularly, they are antithetical to God's command to, to the children of God to be thankful. And, and as a child of God, we're either going to be thankful or we're going to murmur and complain. Yeah. And the difference is the mind. That's what the difference is. How you're going to look at something, how you're going to receive the word of God and the will of God. The child of God that's walking with God can look at the same circumstances and give thanks. And the individual, perhaps even the child of God, not walking with God, looks at the same set of circumstances and complains. Yeah. I think about someone like Joseph in the Bible. Oh, oh, that's an excellent point. Talk about someone that really had some experiences of life and was injured in ways that were not the most pleasant. And he had no th- nothing to, no choice in the Yeah, matter. there's a fellow that could have been terribly bitter. Absolutely. Complained, wanted just to hurt people. Later on in his life, you know, he had the power to do something about it. He could have gone around injuring people. You know. It's... Yeah. Uh, never a murmur complained about him. Yeah. And yet, 
so often, you know, we fail to just realize how good God graciously is towards us. Yeah. Think about in Deuteronomy, the Lord is sending the manna out to nourish the heart of the people, and yet they complained and they murmured. Yeah. And that's a constant thing. But it's not just the Old Testament. The New Testament saint does that as well. Yeah. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, we're admonished uh, not to be murmurs and complainers. Uh, the same is true in First Corinthians chapter 8, the reminder not to be like they in the Old Testament of which God killed some 23,000 in one day for their complaining. Yeah. But the natural man, in fact, one of the chief marks of the unredeemed is an inability to give thanks to God on a systematic, consistent basis. Second yeah. Timothy, and neither were they thankful. Yeah. And so, yes, one way the natural man expresses himself is, you know, with murmuring and complaining. Yeah, and talk about not being thankful, also seeking to please self, you know, to satisfy or just to take care of those complaints and those murmurs I have. You know, if I could just have it my way, if I could just please myself, if I could just get it all the way I want. If all the world was just like me, the world would better be a place to live. That's what it is. If the world was just like me. Oh, boy. No man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it. He brings it alongside. He pampers it. Every man really to a basis that's how we dwell and deal with with our man we are lovers of self yeah in second timothy we referenced that a moment ago neither were thankful second timothy chapter three talks about uh that they'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god and so yes the natural man says well i can ease this difficulty in life if i just get from my flesh whatever it is and that could be a mirrored yeah. topic. Yeah. Whatever it is I want, if I get that, that will fix or remedy the crisis that's before me. Yeah. And that leads us to other things. Capricious, just tossed around, blown around. Man, man really is that way, though. Uh, from time to time, I watch these uh, nuanced advertisements, you know, way it used to be, way it is today. And um, it's interesting how some things that that just as far as advertisements, right, 30 years ago used to advertise this item, and it was all the rage. And today it would really capture no one's really imagination. There's always new things. And there's always the appeal. Man's heart is like a troubled water. It's constantly churning and changing and and developing that sense, but never towards the things of God unless there is this renewed mindset. Of course, with that, you think of fits of anger. Oh, that's a major thing we see today. Uh, People just... Full-grown men just screaming. Yes. uh, Going into stores and destroying stuff that does not belong to you as private property. Why are they doing that? I'm sure that if you could have a... If you could have a logical conversation with them, then they might would have the tendency to explain how that somebody had injured them or that they have an opinion or a preference that they feel is unqualified or unmet or unrecognized and so this is their attention getter going back to the broken mind yeah yeah every bit of it yeah or we look at something that's a little bit less um i would say in your face but less poignant less poignant there are times of discouragement for somebody so that's another problem and we're not and you know this is not the fact that it's not the fact that these exist only outside the realms of christ Correct. I, in fact, I, the contrary is true. They can exist within the realms of Christ, though there's that different opportunity that we'll speak of in a moment. I, I'm simply 
stating that in a natural tendency, this is the natural behavior of man. Yeah. And, you know, in a believer's life, there ought to be, what would you say, what would you call it? There, As we, well, we'll look at what the believer can do as the opportunities that the believer has to deal with those things. But it should be in a natural man who's not saved, who does not have the capacity to have the mind of Christ, it just accelerates and just goes without stopping. I mean, what's stopping their anger? Yeah, really. What's stopping their self-pleasure? What's stopping their murmuring and complaining? Well, well, the answer to that question is there's a few things that hinder them. There's certainly the law of the land. Correct. You know, Romans 13, he is the minister of God toward evil. There is the law of the land. Uh, you know, you, you, you take a society so given over to this temperate passions of anger and self-pleasing and uh, constantly feel that they were harmed, injured, etc., and they want to take matters into their own hands, if that was allowed to go, I mean, you're going to have a lot of innocent people yeah. that are harmed, and that's that's where the authorities get involved in a sense. So part of that hindering portion is, of course, the law of the land. Another thing would be, you know, the good of someone's family. I mean, people, that hinders, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go nuts and go crazy because... How it might reflect on my family. Yeah. I think another hindering portion, and again, we're just talking the natural sense, is the human conscience. Yeah. Uh, And the human conscience is not the same thing as the Spirit of God that indwells believer. Though, in that case, uh, they can, for a believer, work in tandem. The Spirit of God is part of uh, the inner workings of the inner man that God has given to every man. And that's why those that pursue the natural man and all his desires unabated, like Second Timothy says, they'll sear their conscience. Right, with a hot iron. Yeah, and the idea to be past feeling that, you know, uh, even the counsel of their youth, what they were taught as a uh, uh, perhaps a little child and an indelible impression made would be cast out. The conscience really is only as good to the level of morality to which it's trained. And, I mean, in our country, and particularly here in the U.S., it's going to be something that we're going to face uh, to a greater extent than we do now. When you you get another generation that grows up and has put absolutely no stock in any religious biblical truth, I should say, as opposed to religious truth. Right, morality. Yeah, you'll have a conscience that is okay with blatant evil. Yeah. Uh, And so these are ways in which the natural man – uh, responds. And there's things that the natural man can go to. I mean, what's available to him? There's therapy. Yeah. There's And there's ever-growing, ever-growing amounts of various type of everything from psychology to just uh, listening sessions to safe spaces to whatever you want. Entertainment. Yeah, that, that would be the opposite end of that. But yeah, there, there's a level of therapy that can be lifelong that you just talk out things because it's better that you talk about them than go fulfill them or stew on them. Right. Um, I think another one is, I alluded to this a moment ago, that one of the things if the natural man remains in his innate state, one, one aid that he can seek is to know that eventually there are cultural norms that become acceptable. Uh, we see that in our society. Um, from time to time in any society, the cultural norms shift. Right. Well, if you get most people behaving in abnormal ways, then abnormality becomes normal. normal. And so there are cultural acceptances that they could look at as being an aid to them to remain in the natural state. That, was, that would be true of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Yeah. What do you have? You have normal behavior by that society. Right. Abnormal by everybody that looked on the society. Right. Because everybody that's in the society did the same thing. Ergo, all their consciences are seared. And even Lot, who was dwelling among them, not having a seared conscience, does have a vexed soul because he knows that something's wrong and is not conditioned himself to be able to confront it or even better to separate from it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think another one is, uh, you know, the the use of, of foreign substances that occurs. Yeah. Um, Definitely a real thing. Everything from, you know, drugs and alcohol to recreational uses, uh, in particular in our area, that's something that you see seemingly on every corner. There's two things that keep popping up in our community, and that's these recreational shops where you can get various and sundry type uh, substances. substances and car washes. Yeah. That's the two <laughs> things that seem to be everywhere. Uh, and I won't speak on the car washes, you know, but... Uh, sometimes I think folks do a better job keeping their car clean than they do their mind. Yeah, that's a good thought. But the substances is a way to suppress that inner man that God has certainly made. Yeah. And then finally, I think there's the blame. Inner man, not unlike Adam and Eve of old, accelerates in the growing ability to blame others for whatever problem. Yeah. Uh, and there's always somebody to blame. It is a very challenging thing in the natural state to say what David said in Psalm 51. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. Yeah. I did it. It was me, O oh Lord. Yeah. And that's a challenging thing. Uh, it reflects against the innate pride in the human heart, uh, against the innate rebellion. And we can just keep blaming. It's daddy's fault. It's mama's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the government's fault. It's uh, this group's fault or that group's fault, as opposed to looking and dealing with the problem in a spiritual mindset. Yeah, it's interesting as we look to transition to the opportunity that the believer has, we talk about blame and all that. But one thing that must occur is we talk about repentance, and that's the opposite of blame. And repentance is basically, well, it's saying the same thing that God would have to say about us. Yeah, confession, yeah. Confession. And... Uh, Talk about just complete opposite from the natural man. Yeah, the saved man has a completely different opportunity, right? Yeah. At the moment of his salvation, he is a newly minted child of God, and thereby at that very moment is indwelt with the Spirit of God. Romans Romans chapter 8 states clearly uh, that uh, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of them, uh, none of him, none of his. The scripture records it. You know, if I'm saved and I don't have the Spirit of God, well, then you're not saved. Uh, They happen at the same time, and I receive all of the Spirit of God. And that presents me with a new opportunity because I'm now a new man. Yeah. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. He's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that's a wonderful consideration. I'm different. Uh, what a what a miraculous, wonderful change has happened at the moment of salvation. Now, even though there's that miraculous change that has happened, it is a different opportunity now that the believer has because there's still a remnant of an old type nature that is present. Yeah. Primarily, it's the natural tendency to respond or react according to the flesh as opposed to the Spirit of God. 
Galatians chapter 5 and 16, Paul admonishing the, the believers there in Galatia, he said, if you'll walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So there seems to be a juxtaposition in front of the believer, yeah. which he's going to lean to, whether he's going to lean to the natural tendencies of life, a broken mind, right. or whether he's going to have a renewed mind. Uh, renewed mind. Because of that, there's a constant battle. Yeah, Paul alludes to that in Romans chapter 7 when he talks about, Oh, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? It's a marvelous consideration. There is that contrast, that conflict between what is going to direct the steps that I have. And I'm going to respond naturally, inherently, uh, native to, to how I was uh, living my life prior to salvation, or am I going to respond spiritually? Yeah. And this is at the key is a renovated, or I should say, renewed mind. Yeah. Listen to this passage over in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, And be renewed. Put off, in verse 22, put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Yeah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That word renewed is very interesting. It doesn't mean just to get a new thought. Right. Yeah. Renovation, really. It has the idea of being completely renovated. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, you can clean a dump, but as much as you clean a dump, you're never going to make a dump a palace. Yeah. You know, whenever we uh, were moving, before we moved into our house, we bought a house and, you know, we knew that there needed to be some things that took place and get cleaned up but i think about the bathroom and it just needed renovated like to give you an example the walls, elbows grease wouldn't help it no 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 i mean you go in there you couldn't scrub it that wasn't going to fix the problem you couldn't put just put paint on the walls that wasn't the problem and the interesting thing was is it there had been so much that was put in place to cover up what was already the issue someone had already tried hey let's just put a little nice facade here and do another facade a little here. reformation there yes, yep, and the tendency of what we often do yes and you know so as you're tearing it up and renovating there's three layers of floorboards you know and then on the walls there's this you pull back this facade that was there and you find that they had tile behind that and you pull the tile off and then you realize that there's mildew on the drywall behind that and you just, i mean it just needed to rip back to the studs and whenever we look at our lives spiritually we need totally we need sometimes to use the construction term it just needs gutted yeah and everything needs removed and so those times that whenever we go in there and just try to put some good works on that or put some religion on that or put some you know whatever we want to put on to try to cover up the natural man to cover up that broken mind and fix it, it just needs totally removed and replaced with the Spirit of Christ. Yeah, I mean, the tendency in our life is really to never say what God says about yeah. any matter. Yeah, we, we tend to call, I've got a problem with something. We prefer the language, I've got a problem with something, as opposed to I have a sin in my life. Yeah. And, you know, you go into the, your scenario of the bathroom, we look at it and say, well, we need a little bit of work in here. Right. Now, I'll be honest, was that a little bit of work? No, it, it no, was no. actually weak. Mowing the, <laughs> mowing the grass is a little bit of work. Right. This is, a, this is a tremendous amount of consideration. But then the backside of that, the finished portion of that is, behold, look what God wrought. Yeah. 
And I, I think as believers, we've got to focus in on that, that a great problem is in, in life is we have a broken mind. And we can attempt to reform uh, our mindset. We can ch- tend to relabel things all we want, but that's not going to fix the problem. We need to be renovated from perhaps our culture, uh, our preconceived no, no, um, ideals that we might have, the environment that we have enjoyed or disdained for, uh, the baggage that we might have, and as you said a moment ago, completely gutted. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings us to this point. How do we get a renewed or renovated mind? Yeah. And just to spend a few moments here, I think first and foremost, it always comes a renovated mind by considering the Word of God. It has to. Because we have to know how God thinks upon the matter. Yes. That is the mind of Christ. We can often talk about what we think God is or what we think God wants. Yeah. But put down with it a passage. Black and white, this is what he said about something. Yeah. We must consider the Word of God. Peter, in reference to the Word of God, said it wasn't a private interpretation that it was an incorruptible seed which liveth and abideth forever. And this same word is what was preached to you and I. So it always starts with considering the word of God. You know, you're never going to have a renovated mind just looking and comparing uh, your mind to another person's mind. Yeah. You know, you I'm, listen, you mentioned that bathroom. There has to be other bathrooms that were in more shape. Oh, sure. There were. Well, under that realm, you would have never changed it. Yeah. And so we don't start with saying, well, my mind's better or I'm not as bad. Yeah. We go back to say, what did God say about my mind? He said it's broken. Yeah. And the only way you're going to break it is by looking at the mind of God and knowing what God thinks and what God wants and then therefore conforming. And so, of course, considering the Word of God. And secondly... That brings us to the necessity of dealing with these shortcomings. That's a biblical word. Yeah. Come short of the glory of God. I've got to have to deal in areas of sin that I'm convicted in by the word of God. And certainly to use your word, I'm going to have to confess them. First uh, John chapter 1 says, if we have no sin, we make him to be a liar. Yeah. But if we confess our sins, say the same thing. There's confess. Faithful and just. Yes. That's the God that is different. So vastly different. We are not as faithful and just to forgive people their transgresses against us, but God is faithful and just and to forgive us from all unrighteousness. And then I, I think third or fourthly, depending on how you want to com- deal with the convicted and the confessor, there's going to have to be a commitment to walk in the new man. Yeah. Uh, it, it is constantly going to be a temptation to lean to our own understanding. Rather, we must consistently be anchored in the Word of God and just be committed to follow the truths of the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, he said, Put ye off the old man and put ye on the new man. That is that indefinite quality. Embrace it forthwith. Then a fifth element of how do you have a renovated mind, you continue to follow the Savior and his example. You look in Hebrews chapter 12. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the shame, uh, endured endured the cross, cross, despising despising the shame, shame, sat sat down. down. What a manifestation of a wonderful example as we consider Christ and know that the step 
first step after salvation for you and I to move from a broken mind to a renovated mind is having a desire to deny self and take up our cross and follow him. These aren't superficial changes. This isn't, as you said, putting a little paint on it. And sitting just cleaning up a little stain, or better yet, putting a rug over where the stain is so it yeah. looks better, or putting yeah. up a. This has the idea of something that reaches down to the bedrock of an individual. It changes divinely how they think, act, and therefore how they behave. Yeah. That's a renewed mind. Yeah, we think about our passage here in Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, let me read that for us here. Ephesians 4 and verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, and speaking of unbeliever here, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through ignorance, or through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned but ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And there's here's a part here that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see that that gives us probably what, six or seven descriptions that God gave about the broken man and keep in mind we praise the Lord for those that are listening that are in Christ, but he's talking about where we once were as well. Yes. And he said, you have a vanity of your mind. That's just almost complete futility of mind. Um, there's an empty intellect. Yeah. Just vainness. I think about me. I, I do some genealogy from time to time, and I have a relative buried down south. And you walk in, it's the biggest monument in the cemetery. <laughs> And it's those type things. And they're, they're, every cemetery's got those. Yeah. But they always amaze me a little bit. Who really cares? Right. You know, the guy with the biggest cemetery, uh, the biggest monument in the cemetery, nope. is just as dead as the, next guy. as the guy with the just the simple, maybe even perhaps you could even go as far as the unmarked grave. Yeah. The vanity of the mind, utter emptiness of intellect. They're not thinking about God. They're not desirous of the things of God. Yeah, he mentions about them having, um, if you will, a understanding being darkened. Yeah. This deals with just their wicked concepts and mindsets that they have. They're not seeking to please God. He talks about them being alienated from the life of God. They have no ability to live for God. Yeah. Oh, they can still go to church. They can have a, a Bible. Uh, they can participate in worship groups and Bible studies. But if they're not in Jesus Christ, still relying on that old nature, that's the only opportunity they have in that old mindset, they're alienated from God. They can't live for him. He mentions the fact that there's the blindness of heart. This is kind of the idea of hardness towards any passion for the things of God. In fact, they're past feeling. Apathetic is the idea there. They've given themselves over to lasciviousness. They have surrendered to all matter of wickedness in life. And then finally, he uses to work, to work all uncleanness with greediness. They are absolutely grievous, or greedy rather, about their desire to do evil. So that's the natural man. Yeah. But then, you have not learned so of Christ, 
you look at the balance of the chapter, and you've got such a contrast of someone that has a renewed mind. Yeah, created after God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, even going back in verse 20, you have not so learned of Christ. Oh, there's marvelous. There's the distinction between vanity of mind and true wisdom. Yeah. God is a God of all wisdom. James said, if any of you lack wisdom, let, let him ask, ask of God. God. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom was in the beginning. And so the distinction there, this inner man that has been renewed by the Spirit of God, he's a holder of true divine wisdom. Yeah. Verse 23, you mentioned there's a renewed mind as opposed to wicked imagination. Yeah. Verse 24, he's created after God as opposed to one that can't live for God. Yeah. Verse 25, they are members one another is a phrase that's very interesting. Instead of being blind in their heart and past feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, In verse 30, they grieve not the Spirit of God as opposed to surrendering to wickedness and uh, working evil with all greediness. Rather, they choose in their life not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And all these things are possible because of a mind that is renovated by the Spirit of God, a mind that first has considered the Word of God. Upon considering the Word of God and being convicted by it, they now seek to be confessing that sin and John talked about how important that was in 1 John chapter 1, that we might have fellowship with the Father, a constant commitment to walk in the new man, and a continual following of the Savior by denying themselves. These are everyday keys to fixing the great problem with our mind, seeking not only just to see it look a little better, yeah. but to see it really renovated through the purpose and work of Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that leaves us here closing out with our verse, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. The scriptures say that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And with that we want to conclude and thank you for listening once again. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Goodbye for now.